and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things relating to your well-being, ranging from nutrition to physical and mental health. I am Amanda Hayes, your host, a nutritionist with a passion for well-being. Today I am here with Margaret Boylan. Margaret has had an interesting and varied working life. She holds a degree in psychology and in law and a master's in professional ethics. Margaret practiced as a lawyer for 23 years in the Commonwealth Public Service, including working as Deputy General Counsel Administrative Law at the Department of Human Services. For those of you who are not familiar with the legal profession, Administrative law is concerned with the regulation of government decision-making. And to be frank, it attracts the brainy people. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret is now a qualified cycling coach and a strength and conditioning coach. Since 2014, she has run her own coaching business, First Principles Coaching. And we'll hear today about what being a cycling coach entails and what led Margaret to change her career. So hello, Margaret, and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast. Hello, Amanda, and thank you very much (laughs) for your welcome. Um, I'd like to start our discussion by delving into your coaching business. You are an accredited level one cycling coach. How do you qualify to become a coach? Yeah, Um, well, there is a there is a, a qualification or accreditation process. Um, which started for me, as it does for everybody, in doing a entry level, which is a road and track skills coaching course. I did that in 2014, and I followed it up fairly quickly with the next level up, which is a level one, um, all done through Cycling Australia. And uh, Cycling Australia works under the National Accreditation Coaching Scheme, okay. which covers all forms of um, skills and expertise in Excellent. the coaching world. Yeah. Okay, so for anyone who's interested, I will put that information up in the show notes. So, Margaret, who are your usual or typical clients? Well, most of my work is done through Cycling Australia. I have, um, for since 2014, done lots of work uh, in the She Rides program, mm-hmm. which is a Australian Sports Commission program uh, through Cycling Australia mm-hmm. uh, about participation for women. Great. In the cycling world uh, at all levels from yeah. the most basic and there's actually a program called basic yeah. for people who want to ride, don't really know where to start. It's a one on one. Then there's a program called uh, Big, uh, uh, Confidence, which is about people who can ride, mm-hmm. do ride, but need confidence to do yeah. it in a group. Together is the next one, which is a little bit further, a little bit faster, a little bit harder. Great. And then uh, in the last couple of years, I've run something called She Rides On, which is more group riding for women to uh, do even more riding at a higher level. So do do women graduate from one level to the next? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's possible to come in at a level if you've got pre-existing skill and experience. Yeah. I think that's great because one thing I've noticed just personally uh, riding around is that cycling seems to be a male-dominated sport. Mm -hmm. You always see huge packs of men out there. And I would say the same about triathlon. I did a triathlon on the weekend and in the uh, length, the distance that I did, there were 130 men competing and only 50 women. So I think it's Mm. great to have a space for women where they feel safe and supported. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other thing um, 
you do is uh, strength and conditioning coaching. Mm-hmm. You have accreditation in that as well. Mm. So how do those two coaching roles complement each other? Yep. Uh, well, they've kind of run um, side by side, really, for mm. some years because I first qualified as a personal trainer uh, through a private uh, fitness um, place mm-hmm. um, in 2014. And then I followed that up by uh, qualifying under the um, Australian Strength and Conditioning Association. Again, they work in the National Coaching Scheme. Yeah. Uh, in 2015 as a strength and conditioning coach. The difference being that um, strength and conditioning coaches are more about performance. Right. So helping people uh, get fitter to provide them with ability to perform or achieve something, whereas... Personal trainers are about fitness and well-being, which is beautiful, yes. but not always focused on a, an event or yeah. um, a goal. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I was never uh, fully aware of the difference. Mm. Um, and do you find you have a lot of clients who cross over between the strength and conditioning and cycling? Um, well, actually, it probably goes for me the other way. More, mm-hmm. uh, they start as cyclists yes. and decide and realise, and this probably goes back to the question that I didn't answer properly <laughs> about, about how they complement each other, um, because there is a really strong uh, connection between off-bike strength and conditioning mm-hmm. work and cycling performance. Yeah. And uh, not performance necessarily to win races or anything, but just performance to be comfortable and use your body to its best yes. and avoid injury every time you ride. Um, so very uh, basic um, strength and stretching can yes. make a big difference. So they're very complementary. And as a coach, I find my clients... Uh, do benefit from that that's the feedback I get yeah I'm sure that's true I I was chatting to Margaret before we went on air and said that I get quite a sore back so I need to work on my core Um, yes indeed (laughs) so so Margaret you spend a lot of time helping other people achieve their cycling Mm -hmm. dreams so what are your cycling goals and dreams Uh, yes well I do a bit of cycling racing masters racing Um, I'm 61 years old. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably. Um, And I've been racing for some time now. My main focus in racing is time trialing, Mm -hmm. which is um, partly, I guess, because it can be fitted into my life. Yes. Time trialing um, is 20 kilometres, basically, (laughs) as far as you can go. So you can train to do 20 kilometres in uh, amongst all the other stuff I do. Okay, yeah. and is it is the time trial course a flat course normally? Not always. Not always. No. <laughs> so happily, um, hill climbing is another really big interest I have, mm-hmm. um, partly because I live in a very hilly part of mm-hmm. Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I find it very satisfying and enjoyable, and I really enjoy helping women get their confidence and skill yes. in climbing because there's so much um, bang for your buck in climbing. Yes. yes. And, I mean, it can be really daunting, I yeah. think, um, looking up at a big hill thinking, oh, am I going to make it or am I going to fall off? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Once you learn how to use your bike well and your mm. body well and smile, yes. it works. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the benefit, of course, of the descent. Correct. <laughs> um, so how much time do you spend on your bike each week? Mm. Well, I've not really added up, but mm. I know from kilometres, basically. Um, I probably do – well, I have a plan, so yes. I don't do the same amount every week. Yes. And I don't – not just time and distance, I don't do the same amount of intensity every week. Yeah. But if we just talk about time, I probably do 
10 to 20 hours a week depending wow. yes. on what I've got on. Yes, yeah. and some of that I assume would be your, you know, uh, as a coach. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, and some of my coaching work is done off the bike as right. well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. How do you how do you find clients? Are they referred to you through Cycling Australia or friends or? Um, they are. Some of them come directly through Cycling Australia, mm-hmm. and because Cycling Australia has advertised something, people yeah. have, have registered, and then they come they get sent to me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is word of mouth. Yeah. 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 And uh, we're in Adelaide. Yes. And it's a small community and I happily have been able to help some people in ways that have made them share that with their friends. Yes. And yeah, their friends come and ride with me, which is really cool. So I am going to ask Margaret in one second about the benefits of engaging a coach. But before I do that, I'm just going to let you know about my personal experience with Margaret. So when I returned to Adelaide after living in Hong Kong for 11 years, where I didn't even own a bike, I wanted to get back into the sport of cycling. And as a lot of you would know, Adelaide is a great city for cycling. On one side of the city, there's a long flat coast, and on the other, there are hills. And if anyone's familiar with the Tour Down Under, you will have seen some of the beautiful cycling routes available in Adelaide. However, I was very nervous about getting back on my bike because I hadn't been on the road on a bike for at least 15 years, I think. So anyway, a mutual friend put me in touch with Margaret and I'm so grateful. So thank you to Paul Bennett if you're listening. So getting back on my bike with Margaret was really the best way to do it. She made me feel so safe. She gave me excellent practical tips. She pushed me physically and I regained my confidence on the bike. So personally, I thoroughly recommend getting a cycling coach, whether you want to start, get back on your bike or improve. But anyway, let's hear it from the experts. So Margaret, why should someone engage a cycling coach? Well, first up, thank you very much for that feedback. <laughs> very much appreciated. And I really enjoyed riding with you. Um, And I guess um, getting a coach is a decision which has a financial impact on Mm. your life. So it's got to have a real value. And the value that I know people get is it's uh, someone to be accountable to, which Mm -hmm. is very helpful when you've got a personal goal. Um, Someone to motivate you, support you, provide you with information which is vital to being safe Mm -hmm. and enjoying and doing well at the skill of cycling or Mm. at the the sport of cycling. And um, that's how I see myself as a coach, someone to provide all of those things. Uh, Almost certainly I become friendly and enjoy the company of the people I ride with. And um, I've been very fortunate to meet some amazingly interesting and beautiful people like yourself. Oh, thank you, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think for me, probably the biggest thing was the safety aspect because that's a huge part of cycling mm, um, and having someone helping me, it just, it just gives you confidence to know, for example, how to approach a roundabout correctly yeah. um, and, and also how to ride in a group because there are certain uh, hand signals and things yeah. and um, commands that you call out, for example, if you're slowing down or stopping to let everyone know. And that's a big part of being safe. Yeah. Yeah. And can I just add, I think yeah. there's also, apart from the risk management through the things you've just mentioned, mm. there's also a real um, way of thinking about yourself as a road user. Yes. A, a um, sort of way that you communicate that I'm here too. Yeah. I'm 
part of this road user yes. community and I want you to notice me. Yes. Yeah, which is really important. Yeah, so Margaret's very big on hand signals and letting drivers know what you're doing. And and that I think that's really important too, obviously. And it reduces your risk of injury if you are if other road users are aware of yeah. your intentions and you've got a presence on the road that's right so i mentioned in the introduction that margaret was a practicing lawyer for 23 years mm-hmm. but she has left the legal world in her dust so margaret what prompted this career change ah uh, well i uh, had a serious accident on the bike mm. in 2011 Mm. And uh, as a result of the accident, I had quite a lot of time out of the legal world mm-hmm. in hospital beds and rehab Gosh, studios and the yeah. like. Um, and I happily, I have recovered. Um, but most significantly, I had a brain injury, a serious brain injury, which required me to relearn the whole walking, talking, wow. looking after myself and, re- and learn to ride again too. Wow. Um, with that time out, once I got myself organised, in the head, (laughs) I uh, started to think about how I want to live the rest of my life and realised that my working life was really interesting and I really enjoyed being part of it, but it had taken over parts of my life that were important, but I hadn't given enough attention to, like my family and other parts of my personal life. And at that stage, uh, I wasn't um, as old as I am now, obviously. (laughs) I still had time to... to, uh, get out there and do things. My mum and dad were still alive, for example. And uh, I had the opportunity to or make, make the decision and mm. go and expand other parts of my life, which I'm very happy with. And I don't regret that decision at all. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, Margaret. That's, that's really inspiring because I think as we become older, generally, you do become more aware of the fragility mm-hmm. of life. Correct. And, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, time to do what you really feel passionate about Mm -hmm. and if you can turn that into a career which margaret has done that's um that's a great thing yes i am a very fortunate person without a doubt well yes you are indeed (laughs) you make the most of all your opportunities so um back to the coaching yeah is there a particular person who has mentored mentored sorry or supported you along the journey well, that's a good question because I think I could name many people. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I have to um, nominate my husband, yes. <laughs> Craig, who helped me through the, the brain injury yeah. stuff and helped me get back on the bike and um, was able to subdue his fear yeah. that it was going to happen again so I could get going again. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I also had uh, the benefit of being part of the Skinny Lattes mm-hmm. Cycling Club, mm-hmm. where men, there are many beautiful women, and in particular, there are a couple of women who I won't name them all because I might miss There's someone so many, out. Yeah. I know. Um, but a couple of the people who have been around for a long time who were really important in helping me get back on the road. But also the group that Paul Bennett is a part of, mm-hmm. Flat uh, Riders Association, Power On, they're called. Okay. Um, another group which is basically all men except for a couple of women were an important part of my rehab getting back on the road as well so they've definitely been part of it so were these um people that you knew before your accident they were so they were supportive throughout the to help me get back on and get going yeah Yeah, and i think Mm. you know hats off to craig because um my father had a cycling injury and uh we're his family my mum, my sister and i were all quite nervous about him 
getting back on the bike. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily encouraging it. <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> yes. So anyway, he's a bit older than you were when it happened to you. But it is a big thing, I think, getting yeah. back on mm. your bike. Not just for you personally, but for those yeah. who are involved in your life. Yeah. And when you've had a brain injury, it's something that if you re-injure... Mm. Um, just like a broken bone it never really heals properly so right. i do have to be careful very careful yes which yeah. is another reason why i do time trialing yeah that's incredibly because safe it's, isn't it? it's uh you're by yourself it's an individual event yeah. where you're on the road by yourself whereas in bunch racing and crit racing you are um i wouldn't say at the mercy but you're certainly much more at risk yes. of other things happening in right in your space right yeah yeah, when mm. you when you do see a, a rider fall over in a pack, it has a pretty profound impact mm. on everyone <laughs> yeah, nearby, doesn't it? Correct. And Margaret, I believe another one of your mentors is David Parsons from the Ergo Cycling Fitness Studio. Can you tell us a bit about David? Yeah, sure. Um, he has uh, David has been another important part of my cycling life Um, I coach indoors at Ergo Fitness Studio and I've been part of the studio since it's set first set up in 2014 and uh, David has a really interesting history as a continental pro cyclist as a very young man (laughs) and um, now he's coaching himself in the studio and I'm one of I help him out with that and I've learned a lot from working with him um, about cycling but also about technology and all of the yes. clients there spanned from everything from beginners to elite riders so I've learned a lot working with the the people who attend the studio too. And so what what do people do in the studio what's there? Yep so there are six stations where people bring their own bike usually mm-hmm. although you can borrow a shop bike as we call yeah. it and uh, each bike goes on its own station with its own television in front or a monitor in front mm-hmm. and everybody does their own workout so uh, six people could be in the room all doing very different workouts at a level of intensity which is relevant for them. Mm, yes. Yeah, which is really um, an incredible arrangement and very important for ladies as well as elite cyclists. And so what's the technology that – where do the workouts come from? Yep, David uses Swift, Z-W-I-F-T, which mm-hmm. people have probably heard about. Yes. Um, so – all. All of the uh, athletes who work in there, um, whether they're new beginner ladies or men, because mm-hmm. we do have them too, yes. <laughs> or elite athletes, they all have swift workouts. At working at a level of functional threshold power, yes. which is something that's measured there, um, that is relevant to their body on the day they're in the studio. Yeah, and I, I go there. I, I'm a huge fan. It's, it's such a great way to get a very specific yeah. and safe that's workout. Right. Yeah. And David looks at my training plan on Training Peak yes. so he can see what I need to work out, work on, sorry. And he will pick a workout that is um, specific to my goals. So yes, it's, right. it's a great way. And it's also fun because there's a bit of banter going on. And when you perhaps get to a hard part of your <laughs> workout, people encourage you a bit. And it's, um, yeah. it's a really fun way. It's like being in a bunch, a cycling bunch, except yeah. um, you're all stationary, but you still encourage and support each other, which is really good. And there's a coffee shop there too. There is. And also, <laughs> I love the fact that you're on your own bike as opposed yeah. to going to some gym with a, you know, sort of a non um, specific bike. Yeah. So it's, it's a really really fun and challenging I would say it's never easy way to spend time on your bike yeah 
without the risk all the road stuff exactly yeah and uh one thing i think a lot of our listeners will be interested in is um fueling for a long ride so Mm. margaret can you give us some of your personal tips on that uh, yes, well, I think um, if I could say hydration and fueling, oh, yes, yes yeah. because particularly in Adelaide in the season mm. where we all ride, which is kind of November, December, January, February, you know, until it gets cold, mm. <laughs> um, it's really important to be hydrated beforehand yep. and during. Mm-hmm. And um, I favour not just being hydrated, but having something in your water mm-hmm. that provides with you with some electrolytes and, right. and other um, additives that are just helpful. But um, just on hydration and food, I'd say you've got to play around and find out what works for you. absolutely. Because everybody – and also it depends on your goal. I mean, Mm. if your goal is to do a 100K ride and last the distance, then you're going to eat and drink – well, not so much drink probably, but eat in a way that keeps you going for 100K. Yes. But if you want to do the 100Ks at 30Ks an hour, you're going to be eating differently and at different times uh, as you ride and before you ride. Yes, and, so. and even after you ride, like I, I'm really interested in post-effort nutrition as well. Yes, because there's a window within is which indeed. you should ins- uh, right. consume yeah. protein and carbs yeah. to help with your recovery so you can do it again the next day. Yeah, so I'd say to people, um, if you've got a goal in, in mind, yeah, I'd say test out your, what you eat on that ride and before the ride well ahead of time on a, on a, a ride that doesn't matter quite as much to you so you can be sure that it works you yeah that i agree a hundred percent um it's the same with endurance running you need to test it out for example i have a friend who finds gels really hard to tolerate and they upset his stomach whereas i love them <laughs> yes right <laughs> which might put me in a minority <laughs> i think it might actually <laughs> <laughs> they're very effective whether you like mm. the taste or mm. not they they really do work if yeah. you if you use them properly yeah yeah so anyway Um, My final question, which I will ask all my guests, if you could recommend two things that all people should do to improve their well-being, what would they be? Yes, well, um, the two things that I reckon up front, spend some time getting clear about what you stand for, what Mm -hmm. your values are, because that helps you determine your priorities in life and the choices that you're going to make as a result. And that's how you make a good life. Good yeah. choices, basically. Mm. Um, that's that's only one thing, though. <laughs> the second thing is um, um, the secret of getting start getting ahead in life is just getting started and doing it every day, doing it bit by bit. Excellence is a, is a habit, not Absolutely. not an act. You just go every day, bit by bit. It all adds up, and before you know it, you've achieved a goal. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that's just not in cycling. I think that's in mm. anything that mm-hmm. you, you want to do well in in your life. Um, so thank you, Margaret. There, there is so much more to Margaret's story, <laughs> but that's all we have time for today. Uh, if you want to connect with Margaret, the best way is to visit her website, yep. firstprinciplescoaching.com.au, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. So, Margaret, thank you very much for being a guest on Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast. A pleasure. Thank you very much, Amanda. Bye for now. Bye. And that was Margaret Boylan. I think Margaret's clarity about what she does now and why she does it is part of the essence of living a good and meaningful life. Often it seems to take a massive life upheaval for people to pursue their passion. We can all get stuck. 
In any case, I find it inspiring to be around people like Margaret and I hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you would like to contact me, you can send me a message via the contacts page on my website, www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com. You can follow Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and you can access direct links to all social media on the subscribe page. If you enjoy Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast, please take a minute to leave a rating on iTunes. It improves visibility and will help me source some excellent guests. Thank you for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.